everyone. Welcome back to But What Will People Say? I'm your host, Disha Mazeppa, and this is a South Asian interracial relationship and lifestyle podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Welcome back, guys. I thought I would spice it up a little bit this week and bring Michael back. So he's here. You guys submitted a bunch of questions for him to answer, and he's here to answer them for you. So it's just like a fun, breezy episode. You guys ask questions about, you know, relationships, dating, all that stuff. And also some things about life, some work-life questions, some fitness questions. Um, for those of you who are new here, Michael is my husband. We've been together for about almost eight years and we've been married for four years. So that's a little bit of background about him. And if you like listening to Michael talk, then you can also check him out on Prime and Prejudice. He helped co-host an episode about Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched the show, definitely check it out and then go listen to Prime and Prejudice and you can get his two cents on the show as well as my own. Not a whole lot else to update you guys on. So let's get to it. Here's Michael. All right, guys. So a few weeks ago, Michael agreed to come back on the podcast and I threw up a question box on Instagram and you guys dropped all the questions and things you'd like him to answer. But before we get into that, Mike, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. We're live. Yeah, we're live. We're recording. I opened the window so it's going to get a little cold in here. In my natural <laughs> habitat. Ice cold. Yeah, we know. I'm so uh, glad we're not putting this on video because when we did the Ted Lasso episode and recorded it, I'm such a simp. I literally, I stare at you and I just smile like a friggin' dork and I laugh at everything you say even when it's not funny. So I'm going to try not to do that this week, but. Best part of that was dog. Yeah, we did have dog as a guest. I was looking at dog the whole time. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Sadly, tell. I will not be seeing dog for a while. Tell the world a little bit about you. My name's Michael Mazeppa. I'm Tisha's husband, <laughs> and I don't have any social media, so you only know me through her random posts on certain days like my birthday, and maybe today, because today's Valentine's Day. Yeah, I do show them to you, so I get some credit. It's not just like posting and no one, like you at least don't know. Sometimes on Instagram, I use Google. I Google Instagram.com, and I'll follow people. I'll look at like Rogan's pictures and fighters pictures and then I'll I'll go on your page and like it. I know, I know you notice it sometimes. You never like happen. anything. No, I don't like I look at your stories and stuff and you notice it. It's not the, not the same. I don't know like what who are you philosophically? So I don't know. I could say my name is that really who I am? I don't know. Great. I'm a guy. I just turned 33. Amazing. Still got 15 years to go till I hit my peak. Great. I'm so excited. All right. Well, let's jump into these questions because that was a terrible intro. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. How do I introduce myself? That's true. I mean, in this world, you really are, I guess, just my husband. There's not a whole lot else to it. All right. Well, <laughs> the first question is how did you deal with adapting to Indian culture and wedding planning? So I guess that's two questions. Let's start with adapting to Indian culture. I like to think that I'm good at adapting to situations, and 
what I want to be. I can be very easygoing and charming in social situations. Uh, it's not hard. I don't know. It. This whole question in general. It. Well, first off, wedding planning. That's a female thing. Wedding planning. It's not like for me. It's just like. It's it's what the girl wants for the wedding. It's like a special day, and the guys sort of just like along for the ride, pretty much. And I mean, that's my point of view. But uh, I don't know it's very natural. But it wasn't it wasn't really a big deal for me. It it was only a big deal when it would like frustrate you. If it was like a lot, and uh, ours was sort of like last minute. But well, our wedding. Well, it has to be like a certain day and everything. Oh yeah, we had like we had a really hard time picking a date, and then when we did find a date, the priest or astrologers were all like, "No, you can't get married," and it was like this whole thing. And then the wedding venues obviously only had certain dates available, and so we basically planned our whole Indian wedding in six months. So you didn't have that much time to wonder wonder about what wedding planning would be like. We just had to like jump in. Yeah, but we lucked out because it was right. If we didn't do that. We would have got caught up in like the, the one or two year cycle that all my friends got caught in where they had to delay it because of the vid. Yeah. We did it right before, unknowingly. I know. Right we really before. lucked out. We got married. We went on our honeymoon. And then not even six months later, like the world shut down. So rushing it was like kind of a nightmare, but it would have been so much worse if we had to drag that out for two years. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely worth it. Like the, the day itself like went better than I like I could have expected. Yeah, no, it was nice. I, I mean, I didn't really have any expectations for it, but it was it was uh it was it was very nice. Yeah. Like, the whole the whole the whole thing in general was very nice, really fun and uh rewarding. I feel like I didn't really prep you at all as to what to expect. I was just like just be there and try your best. No, I sort of googled stuff. <laughs> like when you get all that all like the Indian stuff, I was like explaining it to you. All the Hindu things. Yeah, like this is like the money god and this is why this is in the ceremony and this is interesting and stuff. Yeah, I feel like you put together the wedding programs. Was Maybe. It you? I think it was you and your mom because like I didn't know what, like I knew some of the important parts, but I didn't know what people wouldn't understand. And so it made sense. Oh, yeah, for, to, for uh, my, my side, which wasn't yeah. very big. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'm a big family. But it was, yeah, no, they, they still talk about it to this day. They do. They really do. Yeah, because most it's the only probably like non-American wedding they've ever been to. Fair. It's still a big topic, and uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, now that you skipped the first part of that question, we were gonna start. Oh no, with- see, it's yeah, it's not like your you like you're born in India, you're Indian for all for all uh, intents and purposes. But you're you're very American. Well, even when I met you, your fa- your family isn't, but you are. So like that in general was a uh, not a big deal. And then like it's it's fun. It's different. Like going into like a different culture and meeting everybody and learning them and learning about all the food and traditions and everything. It's it's adds a little adds a little. I'm gonna use a pun here. Spice to life. <laughs> Because Indian food is spice. Wow. But now wow. I've adapted to spicy food, so it's not spicy anymore to me. You have adapted to I, spicy I feel food. like I could tolerate it more than your brother can. My brother can't tolerate anything. So, there's that. 
Yeah, so I've adapted to it. It's spicy. <laughs> Terrible joke. So I came up with that on the spot. <laughs> wow. Please become a professional comedian. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I feel like it. it's not that complicated. You just have to like jump in and like try your best. And like at the end of the day, you're right. I I grew up here. And so me and you have plenty in common. It's more just like adapting to my family and just random culture things. But it's really just like hanging out and eating food. That's like 99% of it. Yeah, most of Yeah, most of it is. And, like, sometimes we go to temple once, maybe, what, like, two or three times a year? It's, like, Garba, maybe Diwali. But usually we just, like, hang out with my family. It's not, like... Yeah, and and even that now, it's, like, it's, like, very normal. Because I feel like, like, I've been around it so much that it's, like, not even... Like, I'm usually the only non-Indian person there, but it's, like normal now because like everybody see me sometimes even people that aren't in your family it's just like i'm just there it's like not yeah you stop you stopped being regular you you stopped being interesting to them like it was like in the beginning i remember the first time we went to like temple and it was like this whole thing there was a lot i feel i don't know maybe you didn't notice but i felt like everyone was staring that wasn't like our family family i I never noticed that i i don't you know, I don't really, I don't care what other people think of me, so I, did, I didn't do it at all. Yeah, yeah, there was that dance thing. That was like the first really big thing where there was like hundreds, Garba? hundreds of people. Oh, yeah. I no, made the Garba. mistake of taking you to Expo. No, not Garba. Well, that, but no, actually, Expo had some white people there. Well, yeah, because people just bring their friends to Garba, and Expo is like the most, like, the biggest one. But where else did we go? It was like you're when you used to dance when you were a kid. Oh yeah, the and it was Jalar. at the Ukrainian temple, so I got to see my people. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> well, had the one guy, the Jalaram yeah. dance things. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the first time we're like, but yeah, after four years, I mean, like, but I feel like that was also a very active decision we made, where I wasn't gonna like shy away from my life and like my family or anyone, like. You were just going to be there and you were going to show up and, like, eventually people would get over it and they did. Yeah. And it's not, like, they might, if, if like, if you come from another country like that and you're sort of always, uh, I would think that at first they might have, like, a, a hesitancy towards other people just because, like, if you're, if you're you're always like in your culture and like you came here and you like help support each other. And everybody was like came here and then like everybody it's more community based than like American culture because I mean, we've been here, but it's uh, you might have like a, like an in group sort of feeling and sort of be like, Oh, what's, what's like, what, what's other person doing here? But then it's like everything else. When, when you interact with people enough, it just becomes normal. So it's just like a normal thing now. Yeah. And like, I feel like you've, really just like acclimated and you know your way around like you know the food you know what everything is oh yeah is. definitely do yeah i have to explain it to people like my family and stuff i'm the one who gives them the the 411 yeah about everything yeah <laughs> pretty much and so like my family doesn't even hover around you like they used to i feel like they used to feel like oh michael this is this this is what this is oh, this yeah. is do how we chair? do this do you need a I chair i can't sit on the ground obviously i can't sit on the ground i'm not flexible but <laughs> i can't sit on the ground yeah, but they've you pretty much like at this point just kind of blend in and you know. Now it's exciting for me. If like my my mom or somebody else or Alex goes over and like 
they're being hovered over. It gets me pumped. I'm like, look at this. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> now I who's the it. outsider? Yeah, giggle. I have like a little uh, smirk on my face <laughs> looking at them because they get all the attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they, they hover over your mom or Alex or someone who they see less often. Yeah. And I, sit, I, just, sit, I just sit on the couch and smile. <laughs> it is kind of funny because now you're on the inside. And you like, yeah, that's fair. Fair point. All right. What's next? We got... Um, favorite traditions or things that I have brought into your life? Uh, I think like, like stuff we do regularly, like our, like coffee dates and everything. Cause that's basically how our relationship was started. That's fun. And I like like the random, like the new sort of random holidays are fun that I never had before the only the only like non-american holiday that i used to do was like eve i think it's called the muslim one big eve, eve and little eve. eve yeah i used to do that and ramadan our, not ramadan no. because our our like my me and my mom are like really good friends growing up or these two muslim kids and we were we did that with them because they would do christmas with us and then we would do that with them because they i remember they get presents like big eve and little eve was like i forgot about it but, yeah, I think yeah. it's Eid. Eid, yeah, it's probably Eid. Eid. Yeah. yeah. That was a long time ago. I moved to Connecticut. I wonder what happened. Oh, the one started, like, rapping. Nice. Sof, Sofian, he started rapping. And Baj went to, I think he went to Boston College for, like, uh, biology or something, but I don't know what he did. I love that for them. They were very, they were really good soccer. Yeah, you guys were on the soccer team, right? Alex, so. well, ah, I was you were on the soccer team. I saw the picture. Until it became a super nerd, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, and, uh, well, I I like, in terms of, like, what we do now, I like how you go, uh, you, like, embrace, like, the Tennessee crowd, and you go with me and everything. That's yeah. very nice. Yeah, you have a ton yeah, that's of like family. My favorite, that's my favorite part of the year, is going to Tennessee. <laughs> well, I also feel like we've now made it a more regular thing. Like, I feel like you used to go maybe once a year, and now we go like twice a year, maybe three times. Yeah, it, to get down there. The past couple of years, I was going by myself. Yeah, like, nobody go, and I just go by myself. Yeah, for sure. But now we go, and we can bring Rosie and people. We also both know people <laughs> down there, so it's. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we go visit your family down there. Yeah, it's fun. So that's worked out. Uh, the outcast who moved to. Tennessee, and then everybody who goes there tries to get everybody else to move down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I also think like we've made a lot of our own traditions, like you said, with the coffee dates and like even participating in like Indian holidays. It's just like normal for us now. In the beginning, I feel like it took some like setting up, like, oh, it's Diwali or oh, it's this, because until we got married, my family like didn't really know you or like you weren't like brought into the family the way you were after we got married. So like the first four years of our relationship or three years where we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, like it was more just your life and like, you know, me having a job or whatever. But like my actual family wasn't a part of our lives until we got married. And so I feel like the first year of our, us being married was like establishing like the traditions we wanted the things we wanted to keep having in our lives, integrating both of our families. And like now it's just like a regular relationship. There's less focus on how supposedly different we are. Yeah. 
Yeah, that never. Yeah, that never. And it never bothered me either. We were dating, I don't even I didn't know think anybody. it like registered to you. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> you weren't like, but that, like you said, I, I'm pretty Americanized, and we have so much in common that like you didn't have to think too hard about like the Indian part. I guess I don't know how to describe it. I mean, you know more. I don't know anything about pop culture. You know more about pop culture than I do. <laughs> That's just because you're not on the internet. That's true. You don't have social media. All right. What else? Uh, hardest part about dating a brown girl, in your opinion? Go. Yeah, it's not from. For me personally, it wasn't difficult because I really liked you, and I wanted to make it work. So it wasn't difficult for me. I I think. For the non-Indian person in this situation, whether it's the dude, me, or the girl, it's 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 like what they want to deal with. So for for me, I I did I like did not care at all because I, I I wanted to make it work, so it didn't bother me. But I could see people who it would would get turned off by that by not, especially if you. If you come from like a really strong like family unit yourself, maybe that would sort of dis- dissuade you. Secret. Yeah, it, for me it didn't matter because I wanted to make it work, so it didn't matter for me. Yeah, and I think that comes up a lot here, where like a lot of people are scared to find out if the person they're with is willing to like go through the hard things. And I'm not saying it's like fair at all to you. Because it obviously isn't. And if someone doesn't want to, nothing against them. But people are scared to find out whether they are or aren't. Because there's a good chance they don't want to have to go through it. Yeah, it's always possible. But you're right. It's, you, an, it's an individual thing. It's what it's like what people want to deal with. Yeah, that's fair. It's not. So for me, it wasn't. It was not difficult. Yeah. But you also had like brown friends. I did. Up. Most of my friends grown up Asian. <laughs> yeah so like in the sense that like i didn't have to explain everything no yeah you like all. understood that like your relationship was a secret and no i, like I know because uh sahil <laughs> i know because he used to do that he used to like say he was not he was dating this girl and then he would be with her but he would always keep me like on the phone or nearby so one time his parents called because he would always say he's with me his parents call one time. His dad called. He's like, "Put Mike on the phone," and I was there. And I was like, "You're actually there." And ever since then, but I mean, they knew. They knew he was lying. But like that one time, they're like, "Oh, he's actually there." His parents love you too. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, see, I saw it. I saw it from that point of view too. I don't know. I don't know anybody. Yeah, that was it. Because I was really good friends with Sile, so it was. I saw it from that point of view too. Sorry, I knew. Uh, next question. Your job and work-life balance. Yeah, that's something. I, I I think about that sometimes, about work-life balance. I feel like, well, you're the opposite of me in that you're the chillest person I've ever met, whereas I'm like an anxious cucumber, so I guess we balance each other out. But in my head, I don't think you've ever thought about work-life balance because no. i'm like he, nothing makes him stressed out he just like does life yeah it's not it like coming from personal training where it was what you do now sort of well in certain certain jobs you have where it's like a fee-for-service position 
and you're like always expected to be there to make money. Like you sort you sort of literally trading your time for money. That I, I I experienced that when I was a trainer, and I really disliked it. So when I got a a normal job, as people would say, normal job, real job, whatever you want to call it, it I like I know what I have to do. I'm there for a certain amount of time, and then the rest of my time I could do whatever I want with it, and I don't I don't have to worry about anything. Like I don't have to worry about if I'm gonna how much I'm gonna get paid. It was gonna be a paycheck, so I'm. I'm like oddly grateful for just having that situation. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, work-life balance, like there, it, there, there's people that don't want that, that want that, like, and they'll put in like 80 hours a week, hundred hours a week, and they'll make it to a certain position and they'll be very successful and they deserve that. Like, that's what they want. Like, there's nothing against that. And they, if you don't want to do that, those people will eat your lunch and you shouldn't have troubles with that. Like I'm very like merit based where you should get out what you put in and if people are going to work that much, but I, I see like what people, what people like Europe in Europe they're doing now with the four day work week. I think they're trying it in like certain States too. And I think Canada maybe, and it's actually, I think people are like more productive with like, yeah. a, with like a four day work week. I could see that. My, my job, I physically can't do that because it's like every there's always oil and gas moving, and it's it's like you can't do that because it's stuff stuff will happen on one day, and then like somebody's got to be there to deal with it. But yeah. I for as, as from a psychological point of view, I could see that, and the the whole remote thing, maybe like a hybrid is ideal. But I mean, work life balance is yeah. I, I don't think about it. Yeah, and it's interesting because at least for you, your job is like more or less 24-7. Like you pretty much are always on call in the sense that like the computer is set up downstairs and like you can get a call at five in the morning or at 10 o'clock at night and you basically have to answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and... But it doesn't seem to bother you. It, like, do, it doesn't bother me because it... Maybe it's because I'm a guy and this is just how I'm wired, but it... It's like an added responsibility and an and an added purpose, and I get joy out of that. Like I, yeah. I get joy to I'm doing a task, I know what I have to do, and when I complete it, or if like I'm helping somebody in a certain situation, it gives me joy, and it's it's not a negative. Like it's inconvenient if I'm like really tired, or if I like want to wake up and go for like an early morning run or workout, and somebody calls me and it like bothers me. But it's at the end of the day, it's just like. It does. It never really bothers me. No, it it would be because I'm I'm in the office every day, so it would be better if it was like a sort of a hybrid thing. Because I mean, we're on computers. Like we don't need to. You technically don't need to be anywhere if you're working on a computer. Most of the people I talk to anyway are in different states. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm still I'm still up in the air on the whole idea behind a work life balance. Do you think that there is a balance that needs to happen or can happen? I I think that if, if so, if you if you want more of a work life balance, that's fine. But you shouldn't. You should understand that you're probably not gonna make as much money, and you should be okay with that. Like you shouldn't want a work life balance and then be upset when you're not making enough money. Or if somebody else is getting promotions over you, or if somebody else is getting things that you think you want in terms of monetary things or physical things, 
But, uh, but if you want that, that's fine. Like if you just want a more relaxing life and you want to sort of have more free time and do stuff, that's totally fine. Yeah. But, yeah. There's a balance. Cause, cause people, some people don't want that and they're gonna six, be more successful money-wise than you. And that's fine. Yeah. So that's my, that's my opinion on it. It's a very realistic opinion. Cause I, I think you're right. There's a lot of people that want to have their cake and eat it too. Like they don't want to do, they don't want to work like a ton like you're saying that 80 hour a week people are going to eat your lunch because like they're working twice as much as you. And if you're in a merit based system, but you also have like a pretty healthy like company culture, like you don't work in a toxic work environment. I hear those people who call you. They're always like, hey, Mike, like, sorry, I know it's like four in the morning right now. Like or if you're on vacation, like you were working when we were away for that week. But every time they called, like even your boss was like, I you're on vacation. You don't need to answer this call. Yeah, like, that's what I'm Yeah, they're like, we, like, you absolutely are not obligated. Like, the whole point of PTO is that you're not here and we're going to handle it. But, yeah. like, basically, there were a bunch of fires and you had oh, to Oh, yeah, that, that was, a, yeah, that was the worst, yeah, really bad fires. Yeah. That but was that's a really also rare like, situation. Right. It's yeah. unusual. It's rare. I don't, if, I don't feel like you're bothered too much. But I that think also that balance comes from the fact that, like, I don't make it a stress point for you either. Like, your other half in this situation, like, me... I'm not sitting here like getting mad about it. No, I see. I, I, like, I don't care. I, I used, I used to. Now, now that you mentioned that, I used to think that. What? That 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 you might. No, I don't care. Yeah, I used to think that. Like when it when I first, yeah, I used to think that, but it, uh, it doesn't really matter. Because it, it's all like you can't, you can't be like married to it. Like it's there, you do it, and then it's like it's gone. It's not like something where you're like obsessing over it. Yeah. Because then if it took up like most of your time, then that that wouldn't be good. Yeah. It doesn't take up a ton of time outside of work. It's just sometimes. But also like we're, I feel like we both already do so much of our own thing. Like it's like how I spend hours a day podcasting and you're home. And yeah, that's fine. To yeah. me, I treat this like a job. And so it's just like whatever. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like pressure on it. All right. We're getting yeah, and like really like nothing really bothers me so <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally the the house could be on fire and you'll be like it's okay we'll I'm, buy yeah, a bigger I'm house very, like very stoic with most things yeah. my mom upsets me but I'm very stoic <laughs> with most things <laughs> she probably upsets you more often than she upsets me I don't really oh yeah kidding me I know sometimes she just say she like hi and it makes me mad. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't have that with your mom. I just, like, I literally have coffee with her mo- most mornings because she goes to work later. But, um, all right, going into other things. Ah, this one's from Jason. Jason, you don't get to stay anonymous. Toilet paper, over or under? Jason who? Rivera. Wait, is that from Play with Dog? Yeah. The one time? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that because that was the day that I randomly got, like... What's the muscles on the top of your foot? These thing, these tendons. I don't know. Your plantar flexors, your extensors. Yeah, whatever it was, I got like random ten tendonitis. I remember that was the day he was playing with dog. Uh, how, how could you possibly do it under? That doesn't make I, any sense. I don't get that either. Like, how do you even find the little flap? Like, it has to be on top. Well, some some people put it's it also under by accident. The most sanitary way to do it. Well, it, okay, so it ha- if you're in like a public bathroom, it has to be under because they got those plastic things that are over yes. it. But in the house, it, it's over. 
That's a very logical... I, I didn't even think about that, that there was a reason it could be under. And you're right. It's if you're in a dispenser in a public restroom. Well, sometimes dispensers in public restrooms go side to side, so then it doesn't matter. You know? How they'll be like straight up. I don't know how it is in the women's bathroom. You got like couches and shit in there. That in was the, the, that in was the powder the room. That was the myth when I was in high school. We do have couches. And like if you go to like a, a wedding venue or something, there's like a whole room that's just like mirrors and couches. Oh, they have that in guys too for wedding venue. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you guys do there, but we usually take selfies. Play video games. <laughs> Put up an Xbox in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, that's what it is. Play a PS5 for a match wedding. Watch sports. <laughs> All righty. So these are not relationship-related questions, I guess. I mean, it's a mix-up. I feel like I try to just screenshot things people sent. Um, someone wants to know why you basically either studied Hinduism or know so much about it, because I think I mentioned it on a podcast. You did, like, I don't think you took a class on Hinduism, but you've read the Bhagavad Gita. I used to, I, when I would do, like, pre- presentations for random classes in college, like lit classes and maybe even like a philosophy class. I did it on like Hinduism. I, I guess at its core, it's just because it's something different when I was sort of, I guess like college, early college time. I was, I I became like very, um, I like, I would question like, I was never like really Catholic or Christian, but I would sort of question it a lot. And I think I found, I found like a little bit of value in uh, Eastern philosophies. They're a little bit different. Uh, I don't know. I was always, I, I, and that probably stemmed from, from video games and anime and stuff that I was really into when I was younger. I was just, it was just part of that culture. And I guess I got deeper into that. And yeah, there was like a phase where I was like really atheistic and everything. And uh, are you not an atheist anymore? I thought you were. Has this changed? I, so, so I, I'm, I'm. This is my first time for, hearing about so this. So for me, so I get. I guess I'm an atheist in the sense that, like, I, I don't think that there is a quote unquote God, literally. Like there, I don't think there's literally something else in the universe. I think the universe is too big. It doesn't make any sense. There's that. There's like a human figure because all God, it's like a it's a human concept. At the end of the day, everything's a human concept. Nothing is. Everything is just we we put like human values and ideas on all this mythical mythical stuff, but it's still coming from our brain. Like we only know what we know. So that's that's how we like make up these ideas. They all have human characteristics and they all do human things. It's all, it's all like based on, but I, I see that especially in America or in like, like Western culture our 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 baseline, the baseline values of Western culture is Judeo Christian values. So in that sense, I guess you could say that's like religious. I don't know. I don't know how I would put that. Like in words, but like we, we live in a Judeo-Christian culture. So that, so I would say I'm not an atheist because of that, but I am an atheist in the sense of I don't, I don't really literally think that there's a something else in the universe. And I don't know. And I, yeah, I don't know the ideas like the Eastern stuff, but now 
now I'm a bit more skeptical of everything, of stuff like that, of everything. Even like the Bhagavad Gita, where like the whole reason behind it is like doing your duty and like living your life the way you're supposed to live it. And I'm kind of a little bit more skeptical on that. Like maybe that was sort of like sort of caste system propaganda or something that people put in place and then they pass it down orally for thousands of years and it sort of became this like traditional thing. Hmm. I don't know. I yeah, because I like I'm I'm in a I'm very determined I'm a determinal is I call it determinist? You so you you only know what you know from what you've experienced in the past. Like you can't make up like if I ask you if I ask you to name a random city in the world. There's no way on earth you would, you would in a, if I asked you for a, a million times, if I asked you this name, me a random city on earth and you answered it a million times. If you've never heard of like a random city in like Eastern Africa, you would never say that. Like that would never come to your brain because you never learned it. So every, everything that you do or everything that you think or everything you experience is because of something that's happened to you in the past. So I, so in that sense, like every, even everything in like religious stuff is it's, it's whoever wrote it. It's something they've experienced and they put in the words. So people like gurus and all that stuff, like they only know what they know. Like we know this now as adults, we used to think that parents had the answers to everything, but now we know that everybody's full of shit and everybody's guessing. Everybody's just stumbling through life. It's the same thing. Like nobody knows what's going on. That's a very it's, good it's, point. It's all based on everything that you've experienced in the past. Sam Harris has a good book on this called Free Will. Ah, oh. yeah, no, that's interesting. You're right. Like the gurus or the priests or whoever don't know anything more than they already know about the world. It's, like yeah, they don't have like experience. special knowledge that you can't get. They, they'll never come up with an idea, even if it even if it seems like a very novel idea. It's still something that came from something they heard or experienced in the past. It's not something that just randomly pops into your brain. Yeah. So it has to be inspired from something. Yeah. It, it has comes, to have a and, root. And it, 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 it could come from something that's not even conscious. Just something that's happening in the past. It's not even conscious. Hmm. Wow. This is getting deep. I don't know. That's my thought on it. So I guess I'm not an atheist in that sense. Yeah. Interesting. All righty. Cool. Next question. What is one myth about weight loss you wish people knew? So these are now questions based on people knowing that Michael's like passion in life is fitness and health and stuff like that. Um, A myth about weight loss you the, wish people knew. I I think the biggest the biggest misconception about weight loss could be a myth. The biggest misconception about we're talking about weight loss, not health fitness but weight loss is that it matters what you eat and not how much you eat for for weight loss the only thing that matters is how many calories you're taking in if you're burning more calories than you then you're taking in you're going to lose weight it doesn't matter what you eat you could eat twinkies you could just drink coke all day it doesn't matter but in terms of health you should get micronutrients and uh balance out your macros but weight loss is is an energy density thing, and you could, you, you. There's easy ways to like trick yourself. Like for me, like when I do carnivore, like I have phenomenal results when I do carnivore. But you you realize that like it's 
it's almost impossible to overeat if you're just eating meat because it's so nutrient dense and it's so thick that you can't physically eat. Like I can't eat 4,000 calories a day of steak. It's impossible. If, if like, even if I try to gorge myself, I could probably eat like 2000 to 2,500. And in that sense, I'm in a caloric deficit and I'll lose weight. So it's, it's that, that's something that I think people just, they can't get in their head that it does. It doesn't matter what you eat. It's how much you eat. Yeah, well, I think people want it to be more complicated than that. It, it diet, it diet is so simple. It, but people like turn it into an ideology, and they get on teams, and they sell this stuff. But it, it's so simple. You just put less calories in your mouth, and you lose weight. But then you got like hormones, and you have like cultural factors, and you have stressors that trigger you to eat more. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's where it becomes hard dealing with that. Yes, and that's strictly in the weight loss department, not so much the health. Now, health, you need, you need micronutrients, and you need yeah. to balance out your macros. <laughs> what you eat does matter in that. Yeah, and, and, and performance, too. Physical performance, you need... Yeah. Yeah, depending on how you're, how you're fueling yourself. Yes, but if you're just trying to shed the pounds, that's literally it. Just eat less. Yeah, you can't, you can't as much as you want to. You cannot change the basic laws of thermo- thermodynamics. Okay, so pivoting off of that, how did you pivot from personal trainer to your current job, and what sparked that change? What sparked that change? Uh, I think it's what like what I said earlier, where it personal training is it's a sales job, so you're you're constantly looking for new clients. And then you got to sell them on packages and it would be a fantastic world if it was like a salary position. Maybe if you work for a corporation or something and they have to have one on staff or if it was something where you have auto generated leads. But if you're in, I was in like a regular big box gym, it's a, it's a sales job at the end of the day. Like you could love health and fitness and training people. And that was obviously the best part of it because that's why I did it. But it's it becomes a drag after a while where you're always hoping people re-sign up and then your paychecks go up and down randomly and you're not sure what you're actually going to make. And it's all dependent on people continuing to do it. So it was it was it was really stressful, especially if you want some sort of like security and stability. So I. I mean, I, I left it just because because Matt and Chris. <laughs> it's like, right, you want a job? We had a Rebel game. We were like pre-gaming for Rebel game at Katas. And they're like, yeah, you still want a, still want a job? I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, all right, I'll, get, I'll try to get you an interview. And then I got an interview. And I got it. That's how I did it for Matt. But it's the thing in life. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Yeah. I wish that was something. Like, I feel like that's a f- line we all grew up hearing but no one like stressed how actually uh, important the most important thing. Yeah, like how important and relevant it is. Like even for the success of this podcast and the guests that I get on, it's always been about who I know. Like every opportunity I've had, even in the work world and my regular job, even with like Etsy stuff, like the things that I've learned and like know about is like because of the people, not because of I learned anything in a book that was useful. Yeah, if you have good people skills, you're set. In terms of like mm-hmm. a business and stuff, you're, you're totally set. Like some dude uh, who was like a, a big time Goldman Sachs trader that I knew through like our fr- our family friends growing up. He 
he only got that job because he was he was like the VP's golf caddy and he was like really funny. He's like, hey, you want to try trading, whatever? And he's like a millionaire trading on Wall Street. (laughs) Just because he knew him as a golf caddy. But even you got an interview in the city at like one of the big banks. And that yeah, was, yeah, it was of some... one, of the, one of the people I trained. Yeah. yeah. One of your it, clients. It was one of the guys. And he's like, yeah, my daughter is like um, some, yeah, some, she was like a VP at Morgan Stanley or something. And he's like, if you're, if you're looking to get out of a uh, training, like I, I could set you up with, just talk to her and then she'll see what, what like we could, we could do. Get you in there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I went in there. I didn't know it was like going to be an actual interview. Because she was like, oh, such a would be like a mock thing. But then it was like an actual interview. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> it psyched me out. Because I never, I never really did like normal interviews. Yeah, that's true. Because like training and even like OT jobs, they're not like real interviews. They're just like, do you have a pulse? Are you willing to be like overworked and underpaid? Well, then here's the job. Yeah, yeah. And in the medical field, it's 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 what uh, degrees you have and stuff. It's not. Yeah. It's not based on any uh, hit past history or stuff, especially when you're first starting out. It's not part of the. Yeah. It's not part of the gig. You just need the the license to practice. Yeah, you just need the license. You just need the yeah. Show that you, show that you went to med school. Show that you went to OT school. Yeah, I think it was for you. It was more the system of how personal trainers work and get paid and all of that, as opposed to you actually like not liking your job. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not a salesperson. I do not like selling. I'm. I'm. No, nobody, like, if you met me, you would think I'm an extrovert, but I'm not an extrovert. I'm naturally an introvert. Not really a big fan of, like, talking to people, but I do enjoy it, though. But then I need a rest period. You need, like, a week to recover. Yeah, I need a a reset. And you need, like, a week's notice that you have to be social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I kind of, like, don't, I don't want to be, but then I I always enjoy it after the fact. It's like, it's like working out. Like, you sometimes, if you don't feel like doing it, but then you always feel better after. I get that. Mm. I get that dopamine rush from interacting with people. I'm going with my DNA here. Yeah, well, I'm the salesperson here, so <laughs> you are. You're a very good salesperson. You're the number one salesperson at Lint, and uh, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. Yeah, else. Yeah, everywhere else. Yeah, I probably should have just gone into like a sales job, and like I probably would have made good money. Yeah, I should do like pharma sales. <laughs> you can talk to doctors all day. Do you want to buy this? MRI machine for a million dollars. Yeah, it's, and something you learn with with stuff like that. If if anybody does any sort of sales position, you're you're never selling a product. You're always selling yourself. Even yep. even even with a product, like yeah. even if you're selling like a drug to a doctor, you're selling yourself. One hundred percent. I tell people. Yeah. Well, I tell always people that all the time, especially here on this podcast, like where we'll have business people or we'll have someone like with a clothing brand or a homeware brand, like before we start recording, because like, you know, in their head, like you, they see this as an opportunity to like get out their brand and their business and whatever. And I'm always like, listen, people buy people. They buy stories. They don't buy products. Yeah, story, Stories are the most important mm-hmm. thing. You buy a if, feeling. Yeah. If you have a story that somebody relates to, you're set. Yeah, so I'm like, don't worry about the product. Like, I will give you a chance to plug your brand and your social media and all of that. But, like, worry about your story and who you are and what you want the world to know about you. Because otherwise you get, like, psyched out about it and then you start really sounding like a car salesman. And I'm like, this is – no one wants to listen to this. No, yeah, we're, we're pe- so. people are wired to, to relate to people through stories. The most interesting people you know are the people who have the most stories. Yeah, the best storytellers. And I think that's why I like podcasting is, like, 
I realize like I like telling stories and I like hearing them, which is why I'm the host. I just hear it and I get to ask questions and be curious. Yeah, my favorite my favorite people to podcast are the people that have the most crazy interesting stories. Yeah, for sure. All right, what else do we got? Um so you run marathons, also ultra marathons, which are over twenty six point two miles. Marathon? Yeah, marathon's twenty six point two. Um so an ultra marathon is longer than that and you've done one of those. Um is there one that you are aiming to do for or hoping to do in the future? Yeah, I I just started running again after I didn't because I'm an idiot and I injure myself because I do I'm extremist with everything. But I think the the one that I would really want to do is the Leadville 100. It's like through the mountains around Leadville, Colorado. That's like the that that would be my ultimate one. That's the one that's most appealing to me. And then maybe like Ultra Race Mount Fuji because it's in Japan, and yeah. I like Japanese stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, it's an excuse for us to travel too. So I'm like, pick some yeah, more fun. Cool ones. Yeah, a lot of these cool ones are in really cool places. There's one that's like, if you're like a hedonist, it's like, I think it's like 150 miles in like the Moroccan desert or something. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, they're the Is bad that worse than the Moab? No, the Moab is, is 250 miles. 256 to be exact. Yikes. But the, I, the really bad one is like the uh, bad water. 100 which is in death valley in the summer so it's like 160 degrees it's like 100 mile foot it's just a and it's just a basic foot race like you're literally running down that highway the whole time mm-hmm. yeah, and you have Japanese to run on the white it. line don't you need like multiple pairs of shoes yeah your, they your melt. shoes melt yeah your shoes melt great that but i that's if i know i could run 100 miles like if i've done a couple ultras that are 100 miles i would try that I, but that's not one of them where it would be like my first one and all those they're so popular now that some people like it takes like a decade to get into it through the lottery system they're so popular now yeah they've just become a thing it's, people it's grew do so much now yeah people you always people always want to push the envelope with anything in life <laughs> right they're like, like a they're, marathon fuck that no. we'll make it longer no and all the big ones like the bigfoot 200 moab moab's 240 but it's really 256 and then they're trying to, I think they're trying to set up like 400 miler or 500 miler. Oh my God. At that point, you're just like hiking with a stick. Yeah. A you're lot of like it is. A lot of it is. Walking. Yeah. Cause you, if you think about it, it's like the finishing time. I think like if you were to finish like an ultra in the allowed time, I think the allowed time is maybe like three or four days. It's like a 16, 16 minute per mile pace, which is like a, a moderately fast walk. So a lot of it's walking because you could essentially just do that. If you're able to speed walk, you could finish it. Pe- people aim to finish them in like a day. Oh, there's another one. Um, oh, I forgot what it's called, but it's in, it's in Hawaii Ooh. and it's, uh, it's, it's three laps around like a 33 mile course. And the whole thing is like in the forest and in a mountain and if you ever like walk in the woods, you know, you walk in the woods and it's uh, like a lot of like tree roots and yeah. stuff. That's the whole hundred miles. Yeah. I, for, I forget what it's called. Brutal. It's it's a really, it's actually a really popular well, one. Well, I feel like that's partially what yours was. The one you did in Jersey. Yeah, it was. It was it a was, trail run. Yeah. It was probably 80% that. Yeah. And then the rest was, was on the one random highway in PA or whatever, or the back, back roads. Yeah. Washington Crossing. 
Yeah, most of it was that. Yeah, because I had some of the some of it. I had to literally climb over boulders and stuff. We went through like a boulder <laughs> Great. field. Great. It's that's so much. There's that. There's I I I don't I can't think of a thing that I enjoy more than running. It is the best thing. Like I saw, I thought I saw a UFO yesterday, <laughs> but it was just Elon satellites. God bless him. It was Elon satellites <laughs> like launching the Starlink, and it just didn't reach orbit yet. Because I was looking up, I'm like. Those are like random lights. I cannot see a string connecting them. And there's lights in the sky. They're moving really fast. And they were like satellite height. I was like, this is really weird. Yeah. You always it. You always have the weirdest running stories. Yeah. Like the, and like a couple touching days deer. ago. Yeah. I almost touched a deer a couple days ago because it was too dark out. And like the mom was in the middle of the middle of the street and it was pitch black. So I could have I could have snuck up and touched it. <laughs> it was right next to me. I see deer all the time. You you see so much random stuff when you if you go if you run frequently. Crazy stuff. And you also go places where if you didn't actively run or walk, you probably wouldn't see. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, because like you can't get on a running path with your car or a no, bike. You see cool things in nature, weird animals. I also like how because you're such an ex- extremist, like one day you just decided to take up running and then suddenly you're like, oh, we're, I'm going to do a marathon. I was like, okay. And then as soon as that was on, you were like ultra marathons. And it has just escalated so much at this point. Yeah, I sort I like sort the first one it was too early because it was only like five or six was months that, in the that running. Was Hamptons and then you did the Jersey Shore one. The Jersey Shore one, it was really easy because I was like I recovered from my injury and I was but at that when I did the Jersey Shore one, that's when I was really running and I was like really skinny. And I I would like on a Saturday I would just run a marathon for fun. Like around <laughs> Bound Brook and down the towpath around the apartment and everything. Yeah, you'd be gone for like six hours. I'd bake like a cake. Oh, the best. <laughs> you come home and they're like it's 27 baked goods on the counter that's the best it, it it feels so good just being in nature running and i i would do it with no music or podcast or anything just my brain <laughs> I meditating can't relate most people can't i mean i can relate to not having music or anything on like when i work <laughs> out i just don't enjoy running like there is you have i even like it's not it's not it's well, not. It, it's not hard to run a lot. You just have your. You just have to work your way up. It's but it's not difficult. It's it's painful when you first start, but it's not hard. It, it's just it's it's like anything in life. It's just consistency. And you, yeah, you should never be going so fast that you can't hold a conversation. You should never run so fast. And that me that even means when you're first starting out to like walk. Like walk and run and walk and run. Yeah. Ideal, ideally have a heart rate monitor just, and keep it around it like 140. It doesn't look fun to me. That's why. Like I remember when I was like, I'll do a, like, I'll only do a race I don't have to train for. So you sign me up for every 5K in like a 10 mile radius. Hey, like, the money goes to charity, especially dog charities. <laughs> well, you made me do like a million of those. And I was just like, this isn't fun. Like I did it. I didn't have to train for it. I did it because whatever but so then maybe you have to look inside yourself and ask yourself does it need to be fun because <laughs> when it's, i'm doing it in my free time because yeah. i gotta say the best runs are when it's like really painful and then you start questioning why you're doing it that's the best oh no i understand that feeling i mean i take warrior sculpt at lifetime 
every week I reach that point where I'm like, this is terrible. Why did I oh, come it's here? And, and then it's, you overcome it. Yeah, it's like 90 degrees. We already did cardio and weightlifting. And now we're doing more like HIIT training. And then there's like maybe a yoga sequence. And the whole time you're dripping in your sweat. You're like slipping in it. And I'm like, why did I do this? And yes, you're right. At the end, you feel great because like joy is the opposite of like not unhappiness, but like pain and suffering. Like you you can appreciate like it's like, you know, when you take that first shower after like three days of like being like out in the woods or being dirty or being on vacation where you didn't have all your stuff and like you were doing lots of hikes and you were sweating, but like and then you finally get home and you take that first shower and suddenly that shower is so much better than like the 20,000 other showers you've taken in that same bathroom. It's like that. It's like you have to do something hard because at the end it feels so much better than if you never did anything hard because you don't have the contrast. I get that feeling. I just, I don't know. Running it just ain't it for me. It, I, I think, I think everybody should be doing something very difficult like every day anyway because we evolve being very physical. And we, we're not anymore. So you're sort of like festering in your head and you're not getting any energy out. But it also doing a lot of doing something like running when I'm able to run really far. And everything else during the day, nothing else that I do in that day is going to be that difficult. So everything's easier. And mm-hmm. like the dial gets turned down on everything where it's just like not, nothing's really a big deal. Because I'm nothing I'm going to do is going to be more difficult than running 20 miles. It's the yeah. most difficult thing. It is the most difficult thing that I will be doing that day. So everything else is easier. No, 100%. That's how I feel about getting to the gym every morning. Because after like weightlifting super hard and then maybe doing like 20 or 30 minutes in the sauna, like nothing is hard after that. Like compared to that, the rest of my day is a cakewalk. Like, oh, I had to answer a stupid email or like. I just have to sit on my couch and edit a podcast. Like, my life is so easy compared to, like, doing that hard thing I start my day with. Because then you've already won the day. So it feels good. Yes, win the day. (laughs) What is that from? Who said that? I think that's a book. Oh, I was thinking it was Nikki. Because Nikki, like, makes the bed every morning. And she's like, it's your first win of the day. And me and Sahil just stared at her. That's that's a military thing. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> me, me and Zahel are sitting there with like the Taco Bell. Like I don't understand. Yep, that's a military thing. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> thing you do. Make your bed. Oh man. Okay. Well, some people wanted us to do like different category things. Like, am I the asshole? If you're on Reddit, that's like a whole thing. Um, which I wasn't sure how to do, but so instead we pulled out some cards from a game called Let's Get Deep. It's basically a question game. So I figured let's throw in some questions from there, and maybe we can make it interesting for you guys so the first one you ready yep if you were to brag about your partner aka me to your friends what would you say i'd probably uh go off on how you're uh you're like a go-getter and you're very ambitious in podcasts and you create things sell things you're uh ambitious and you are self-starter and you're i I guess i would say in pretty independent Hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I said. I think for you, if I had to brag about you, which I feel like I do on this podcast all the friggin' time, and people think I'm obsessed with you, because I am, um, I'd probably brag about how, like, supportive you are. Like, you've never once questioned anything that I, in my head, seems like a crazy idea. Like, you're fully there for it, and that, like, you're someone that's, like, super reliable, and, like, the friend that you can always count on, and, like, if, like, shit was hitting the fan, even if it's, like, in, like, my friends' lives, like, you're happy to, like, hold down the fort. I think that's what I would bring. Good job. <laughs> I say that's what that's one of the things in life that makes me excited. Where, if, if we're all somewhere, like, if we all went somewhere, we rent out a cabin or something, and there was, like, an intruder, <laughs> I'm sacrificing myself. No, you're not. Stop. Oh, yeah. That gets me excited. Cause I'm I'm the dude there that gets me excited. I that made that that makes me so excited that All I'm right, the guy well, who's gonna protect, try to protect people. I say I don't know if I will, but I try to protect people. No, you're 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 very loyal, and uh, same thing. Like there's there was never, never a moment in our whole relationship where I was ever like insecure about the relationship. Because because yeah. I, I always felt like you were loyal and trustworthy. Ah, like a Gryffindor. Even no, you'd pick Slytherin. I did. I am a Slytherin. I'd be a Slytherin. I know. Two peas in a pot over here. What's something that comes easily to you? Um, I I think I'm I'm very I'm very good at sort of uh, like adapting to social situations and adapting to people, no matter no matter who what the who the people are. No matter what their backgrounds are, or what they believe in, or what other people think of them, I think yeah. I'm, I'm very easy at, at, at that. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at that. Yeah, you are someone who's just like everyone's just a person. Yes, everyone's just a person. Yep. At the end of the day, no matter what you believe or think, you're, everybody's just a person, and everybody has their own reasons why they've come to the thoughts that they've had, and it's it's completely based on things that have happened to them in the past, and they have reasons for it. I feel like that's why it was so easy for you to adapt to my family, even after, like, knowing, like, how much of a hard time I got about it and, like, some of the things they said. Like, for you, you were just like, they're just people and they don't know any better. It's, it's just, that's just how they were raised. Yeah, I mean, you, you they wouldn't know unless they, unless they had a, a span of time where it was, they were interacting with other people. I mean, they there's no reason for them to think otherwise. Now with the internet, it's easier. But if I mean, if you're older, it's not. It's just the it's just the community you're brought up in. Yeah, it's fair. Um, if you won the lottery, what would you do with the money? Well, logically speaking, you would just you would just invest it because you you could live off the interest. Just put it in, put it in a whatever I don't know what kind of savings or something, and then you could live off the interest. It was a significant amount. But if I did win the lottery, I would probably. Uh, give give. I probably th- there would always be money for like friends and family that need it. There would always be some sort of back pile where like they they wouldn't have to worry about anything. Like if anything bad happened to them or anything, or mm-hmm. somebody needed something, they would never have to worry about stuff. And I would ha- I would give money to dogs. <laughs> I would have like a dog. 
rescue or a dog daycare or I'd like fund a rescue operation or something. You can host yet another 5K for a dog. What is it? Oh, Trails for Tails. (laughs) Pretty much every race you made me do was for a dog shelter. So you could start one too. Yeah. And I want like a, uh, a coffee shop or something. Like a little cafe that I could work at all day. Because you're so social. Well, Dunkin' Donuts was still my favorite job ever. We the, both worked at Dunkin' job. Donuts. <laughs> that was the best job of all time. Yeah. I liked working at Lind. I think that was my favorite job. But I don't like chocolate. <laughs> well, if I won the lottery, obviously I would just podcast full time and call it. Like, we're good. I mean, besides obviously like taking care of friends and family and all that, I think... Well, first of all, I would probably just up and buy a house in Hawaii and Costa Rica. Yeah, and, houses in random places. Yeah, and I would just podcast full-time. That's what I would do. Because, like, for me, like, I would never want to start a business that would make me tied to a place. So if I did, I would have to, like, start a business, hire some people, and then, like... But I'd rather start it in, like, Hawaii or Costa Rica than here, so, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, blunt, the blunt of it would probably go, go towards something that would help other people. I don't, whether yeah. that's education or investments or just something that would that would benefit people. Love that. Mm, what could you give a presentation on with no preparation? Uh, anything health and fitness related. Oh, not Pokemon. Uh, I mean, I'm up on the old school Pokemon. <laughs> not really you do stuff. know an excessive amount. That's true. All the old stuff. Yeah, health and fitness. That's true. You're like a textbook. For me, what would I give a presentation on? Probably, maybe podcasting. Maybe I don't know. Indian culture. Definitely not. I would definitely have to prep for that. I am not that well versed. How to make chai? I'm pretty good at that. I'll probably cooking. I could probably give like a decent like home cooking class sort of thing because I'm like a pretty good cook. I can pretty make much make something out of anything i can't i need directions <laughs> directions down to the millimeter you mean the the milliliter every yeah literally everything it has to be exact when i'm cooking i follow the directions to a t what about growing older brings you excitement oh i'm so excited to grow older i know i'm excited to grow older why uh wisdom life experience i have more knowledge that i could pass on to people or guide people Hmm. um i think for me it's probably like one day like having a family like when we're older and like having like our own kids and dogs and like seeing them like grow up and do stuff yeah i think that'd be fun yeah i like being an adult i like being an adult way more than i like being a kid because i i like having responsibilities and stuff to work towards well, I just like being an adult because I don't live with my parents anymore, so. Yeah, that's a good reason. <laughs> you could have done that when you were a kid, but then you'd be like a, what is it, like a runaway? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Emancipated? What? Right? That's what it means. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm thinking now. Emancipation proclamation. <laughs> if, uh, let's see. Oh, the three wishes question. No. Um, yeah, that's a bad question. What's the most impressive thing you know how to do? Uh, 
when, when I tell people how far I run, that's when that's what gets people for some reason. That's what gets the most reaction out of people for some reason. But I just think that's because uh, people people don't do it because it's not. I don't think it's impressive. But that's, I, I think it's because other people just don't do it. Yeah, we're also at an age where I feel like a lot of people have already stopped moving for years. Yeah, o- almost everybody that I see now at Lifetime and places that I grew up with, it's rare to see people that are still in, in good shape. Rare. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Like, I just turned 30, but I think about it. I'm like, I frequently, and this is not to sound arrogant or anything, but I'm like, part of my confidence as I've gotten older is just knowing that, like, I could win in a fight against, like, most people. Even at only 4'11", like, not a, you know, just a petite kind of person, I can still walk into most rooms that I interact with regularly and be like, I could beat you in a fight. Because, like, I'm just in better shape than you. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, that's all, like, having responsibilities in life and then putting, like, your health on the back burner. That's all that is because there there's new science that came out that we thought forever, forever. We thought that your metabolism slowed as you got older. And now we know that's not true. It doesn't slow down. You lose muscle mass as you get older. So it slows your basal metabolic rate, but your metabolic rate does not slow as you get older. So it's like you could be eating the same foods, but if you're not moving as much, you're going to get out of shape because you you could be like a high school athlete and you're eating nachos and pizza all day but you're running so much and mm-hmm. playing the sport and then when you get older you just don't change your dietary habits and you gain weight. But that's that's crazy because they thought forever that it slowed down when you get older but now we know we know it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just not true. putting it's just not putting health as a priority. It should be your number one priority because you can't you can't do anything in life if you don't have your health. Like everything else is you can't do anything. Yeah. 100% and I think about that like in high school because I played sports and just during the actual soccer season, forget preseason conditioning, forget track and all the other stuff, like just soccer season, six days a week, at least three or four hours a day of like literally running, practice, all that stuff. And I'm like, that was six days a week. Yeah. And, and it was a sport. So it was fun. So oh, yeah. You don't Super think fun. of it as like exercising because now you go to the gym and it's like it's like a task, but it used to be fun. So you didn't think of it as if you were exercising because there's no difference between doing that and then running for three hours. There's no difference, but it's a so, sport. Yeah, I think that's the difference. So it's fun. I, whenever I ran, it was for a sport. And so it was fun. Like I'm not thinking about because I was a midfielder. I mean, in a game, I could easily run 10 to 12 miles. I think it was. I think maybe 10 miles, 12 might be pushing. I don't know. But in a game, like, you are constantly running. And you're obviously warming up before. At the end, we would still run a lap or two to cool down. And, like, I think about that. I'm like, but I don't want to run just, like, in a line to nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, that just kills it for me. Yeah, I get that. I, I can't run on a treadmill. That's so oh, boring. I don't know how people do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I don't get it. But, yeah, that's so boring. But I think that's where, like, I feel like it is easier to be active in, like, states that are acclimated for movement where, like, there's something to do. Yeah, you see you see it in like the we, data, too, that people are, are generally healthier. Yeah, like Colorado, you could be outside every single day. 
It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely breathtaking. There's hiking, there's lakes and rivers and mountains and all this stuff. And then like in Jersey, you're like, I go to the gym. Yeah, if you're in like a city area, yeah, that that that, that, that would stink. But when when you were in Harlem, like I would run to like Central Park and stuff. But like but halfway times halfway there, that? I would be dodging cars and stuff and running around people on the sidewalks. Oh, you you can go on the edge, like the edge of the city was like those long paths. That was that was cool along the East River and the Hudson River. Yeah, that was cool. There, those were like straight paths. But then yeah, but we you did to a get few there. of those. And I like to walk. Like I can walk forever. If you were like, let's go on a four hour walk, I'd be like, sure, okay. As long as there's some like. Are we in nature? Are we on a hike? Are we walking on a lake? Like, what are we doing? It's got to, that is definitely easier and more fun than just pointless, like on a treadmill going nowhere. Because yeah, then it's, it's a chore. Yeah. And I think that's why I like weightlifting now so much because it there's always progress to be made. Yeah. That, that is a, that is a huge, huge appeal of, of weightlifting is that you're, you're, you're doing something like you're making some sort of progress every time you do it. Yeah, because other forms of working out, I feel like there isn't like progress in the actual activity itself. Like, no, no, there's like, yeah. oh, I like I'm leaner or I lost yeah. weight, but there's not like in the skill itself. Same thing with yoga. Like, I feel like I've been doing yoga since I was 16 pretty regularly and I'm still terrible at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, I, 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 don't th- I don't think I don't think yoga is exercise. I think it's a meditation. Mm, hot yoga. I think it is. Have you been to hot yoga? Yes, I used to do it with you. Yeah, I know. I would call that a workout. I mean, it's a recovery day. I don't count it as like my active workout. I consider it a recovery day. So like tomorrow, Wednesday, recovery day, hot yoga. Let's do it. I'll be running tomorrow. You'll be at work when I'm at hot yoga. Oh, that's true. All righty. Let's do one more. Dumb question. What's the worst experience you've had while traveling? I'm going to go ahead and say that the um the delay from our honeymoon coming back, we had like a 6-hour delay and then we missed our connecting flight by like 30 minutes. Yeah, for some reason that didn't seem so bad to me. I mean, it wasn't bad cuz I was with you and we were on our honeymoon, we were just hanging out. I like me neither of us like I feel like you and I don't stress each other out when we travel and we just like hang out like that's not something to stress about it's like such a it's annoying like it's an inconvenience when your flight is delayed but it's not like a real problem if you're by yourself like on business that would stink but if you're with like friends or somebody then it's probably fun yeah I mean it wasn't like super fun but it was just like all right we're just gonna hang out like we sat there we made friends with a pilot yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, talked and, like, whatever. We were on our honeymoon. But I haven't had, like, any major issues traveling. So I think it was just, like, the fact that we – it was more that we missed our connecting flight by 30 minutes. And then they put us in a hotel and then booked us for a flight at, like, 6 in the morning. And we landed at, like, midnight. Yeah. So we were at the hotel for, what, four hours. We barely got any sleep. We were exhausted. And then we had to get on the flight to come back home. So it was the it was more that than anything else. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, the one time, because it was David Beckham's first game on the LA Galaxy, <laughs> when I when I was in Cancun, I guess I ate I ate at a restaurant outside the resort, and I got really bad diarrhea <laughs> for like three days because I 
They tell you that when you're eating outside the resort, like your gut's not used to it. <laughs> well, uh, your gut is. Yeah, I have a weak gut anyway. Problematic. But I, yeah, just because I don't, I generally don't eat a variety of foods. And <laughs> and the first the first time I we went to Costa Rica, we like didn't. It wasn't a bad experience though, but like we didn't hear. It was the same airport, but it was like really crude back then. They they had like one little strip outside. It literally looked like the airport in Jurassic Park, even though that was filled in Puerto Rico. But it was outside, and was we didn't it hear it. In Hawaii, Jurassic Park, no, no lost, lost was was in Hawaii. Hawaii, and they we didn't hear it. So me and my mom were like sitting there, and like Alex and Kim were on the plane, and Alex was like freaking out because they, <laughs> they were going to leave without us like they were sitting there like and he's like well so then they he they let him go off the plane and he found us and then we ran on and they were they were like waiting there for 20 minutes on the plane for us oh. and i had no idea oh well on that note people are waiting for us to wrap up this podcast thanks for coming on and thanks guys for tuning in i hope you guys enjoyed it Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode, you leave us a review on iTunes. You can find the show on all major streaming platforms. You can find me on Instagram at disha.mazeppa. You can shop my Etsy shop, Disha Mazeppa Designs. Find out everything you want to know about this show at dishamazeppa.com. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, you can email bwwpspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is hosted and produced by Disha Mystery Mazeppa. Music for the show was created by Crexwell. Mm-hmm.